it's the podcast that shakes and stirs up pharmacy. Welcome to PBM On The Rocks. I signed up for the uh, Breakup Ticketmaster thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll have to look at that. I thought that looked good, not just because I hate Ticketmaster as much as I hate PBMs, but also because I think it would be interesting to see how a breakup would go. Can that be Can done? something that big be broken up? Because those guys, they're the music equivalent of, a, of an MCO. They own the venues. They own the ticket distribution system. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. It's it's like unconscionable. Unconscionable. Do you want me to tell you the other little juicy tidbit? Yeah, please. Yes. Please. Which you probably already know. But I always knew there was something fishy about this person on LinkedIn. She lost her pharmacy, had her pharmacy license revoked, had her pharmacist license revoked for running an illegal online pharmacy in California and was filling controlled substances, dangerous drugs. And I knew there was something fishy about her. Like I always have all along and I'm like, "Mm -mm, this chick's a swindler. And so Deb and I were talking one day and somehow her name came up and I was like, please don't tell me you're a fan of hers because I think she's a swindler. And she was like, no, I'm not a fan of hers. And I was like, okay. So it was a really brief conversation. Well, you know, I like rabbit holes and I started going down it and I started digging into all of this. So she had to pay like 200,000 in fines. Well, she always posts these videos about my first pharmacy and my pharmacies and this, that, and the other. So today I was like, your revenue. So so today uh... I was like, I want to know because I looked up. She's here in Texas. She's got no pharmacy license. She's got no pharmacist license. Texas would never give her a license because they don't play like that. So I just sent her a message. And I was like, hey, so I'd love to come see your pharmacy. I wanted to get some front-end inspiration. And she said, I don't live near my pharmacies, like multiple pharmacies. And so I was like, oh, well, do you have a website I can check out? And she was like, no. And I was like, oh, I was just looking, you know, for front end inspiration. Sounds like you've got everything figured out. And she was like, no, well, our websites are just really graphics heavy. And she sends me these pictures, just these random pictures of like some front end pharmacy stuff. And I was like, "Mm -mm, she's a swindler. And I sent her a message back. And I was like, how many pharmacies do you own? Crickets, crickets. It's such false advertising and it pisses me off. And here's what really, really pisses me off. Because this guy that has gone through her program came and pitched me about helping me with my pharmacy and, you know, turning things around on the cash flow side. Didn't have a clue about their whole program. We'll come to find out it's her entire pitch. But here's the thing. He wants me to pay him $5,000. And give him 20% of my profit. <laughs> so this Are is their program. Me? No. And so they're trying to sign a contract. Team. Sign a contract for a year. Absolutely. Sign a contract for a year. And I was like, get the fuck out of my pharmacy. This is not happening, buddy. Yeah. I don't see wow. how anybody who works in pharmacy could 
ask for 20% of profits. Obviously, they know that pharmacy is not profitable. Like 20% of- Oh, he was, but it's it's just a scheme. It's just a scheme. And it just makes it me so It sounds like an MLM bad. scheme. Yeah. Yeah. All of, all those people out there are just like, you got to diversify <laughs> your revenue. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do more with your front end. You also need to offer these services. They're all fucking swindlers. Every one of them. Every time I yep. try to call them out, they're like, well, you got to, you got to get with the future. Otherwise you're going to get left behind. And I'm like, what fucking future? You were the guy who was out here telling us MTMs are going to change everything. You fucking, it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's a lot Every of Every single things. fucking time this happens. Everyone who's actually like, they seem like they got it figured out and making money. They always end up being frauds right now because they are fucking frauds. Absolutely. There's no fucking way that the, the entire rest of us are struggling and doing things correctly. And there's this one golden goose egg that's got it all figured out. Yeah. We call that out. I think I, that's something we do need to call out. I think the <laughs> message that needs to be put out there, this is just me, but I think the message that needs to be put out there, ask questions. Yeah. If these people start promising you the world, you should be a little bit leery of what they're promising you. And then if they start asking you for your profits or a share in those profits, that should be the biggest red flag in the world. They're not going to save your business. They might help you a little bit, but if somebody is asking for your profit, negative ghostwriter, out. Diversify. Fewer words cannot be spoken. So I'm just so glad to be back. I've missed the last one or two or possibly more PBM on the rocks just because of unfortunate timing. So it's, that's a little for me, like, like knowing all your friends or like all the cool kids, your friends are getting together and they're all having a drink and you're like, <laughs> you know, at the doctor's office. I am coming to... Today's cocktail party with a greyhound. Greyhounds, not just for brunch anymore. But what I wanted to say about this is that there's a story about this and it's not, it's got no plot and it won't take a long time, but it's grapefruit season here in Arizona. So even though, you know, for us, it's freezing at 50 degrees, we've still got grapefruit growing. And apparently my friend has, his neighbor has a magic grapefruit tree the grapefruits don't taste like grapefruit. They taste like uh, like a grapefruit and an orange. They're super sweet, even though they're yellow. And yellow is traditionally kind of like not the sweet one. Typically. Yeah. So I didn't believe it. And I waited for today to try this. And it turns out they were right. It is a magic grapefruit. Don't believe him. If, if he's I can get I can get more guys. I will send sugar. you a magic. I dare grapefruit. you. I dare I you to prove it. I don't believe anyone. <laughs> now, for anyone who's Blanca, if for some reason over the course of this podcast my hair turns a different color or I grow weird looking ears, <laughs> please tell me. <laughs> a bushel for everyone, please. <laughs> no, you need to Public tell service us if announcement. We start doing that. I don't know what he put in that grapefruit. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. So magic grapefruit greyhound in a crystal cut highball is my drink. I like how you're Vanna Whiting the glass. It's very know, right? <laughs> because And even like, look at the, I mean, people who are listening to this are like, they're not gonna be able to see this, but even look at the color. Like it's not, it is not your typical acid yellow, sour grapefruit. I can't explain it. I'll guess some, I'll send it to you. So that's me. Um, what is everybody else drinking tonight? <laughs> I went simple. I have some hibiscus ginger beer, which is really yummy. So oh, I did. I did a mule. A, we'll call it a hibiscus mule. 
So when you held it up, I was like, right on. You went for the Sprite and red wine drink recipe I sent you from New York. <laughs> it doesn't look the same color. Sprite <laughs> no, and red wine, have, people. I did not thing. have vermouth in the house. So <laughs> I went for the hibiscus mule. Drinking. Jeremy, what are you drinking? I can't guess. Today, I'm actually doing something a little different. I'm doing bullet bourbon with some ice cubes. I call it urethral fire. <laughs> Oof, you're dissing the irish whiskey this is new no i was just doing something different i've i've had this for a little while i'm not able to drink as much as i normally do with the baby i don't really uh... want to as much so it's like <laughs> yeah i've been sipping on this stuff for a minute yeah future jeremy will thank you for that so no Good fuck that guy He's always bringing my shit down. Future Jeremy will will look back on this day and he'll say, "Fucking nerd, younger Jeremy." <laughs> Thank God, because we've still got our liver, and that's good. I ain't gonna have no liver Thank by you. then. We're being hey, way too optimistic right now. This is a pharmacy podcast. This is way too op- much optimism. My fucking liver. <laughs> well, I mean, you got a point. I have to say, okay, Brandy, what are you drinking? I am drinking a black cherry vodka spritzer and it's really yummy. Okay. So I'm obsessed with, have you seen the like Mio that you can put in your water? Mm -hmm. It flavors it. Mm -hmm. So black cherry is my absolute favorite. I love it. It's really good. This is like, yeah. That's just probably giving us cancer. It'll come out later. I know. I think about that so much. (laughs) Give me all this artificial flavoring. It's probably just full of like microplastics or some shit. We're just like, yeah, put it in all my I water. Know. Or Every time I squirt it in there, salt. I'm like, I'm drinking more water. I'm drinking more water. It's okay. It'll kill me, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I love it. That's that's how it should be. There's Van. Can you all see that? Yeah. Milk. Milk. Oh. milk, bourbon barrel aged stout. Oh, oh Van. There you yes. go. So, You're such a man of taste. It's about... It's eleven percent alcohol. So holy Christ! It's, wow. it's like two beers in one. <laughs> it's still this is good. Your best bourbon aged beer is made by Boulevard Bourbon Barrel Quad Ale or Whiskey Barrel Stout, or they got another one by Crater, but. I don't drink a lot of them because they're 14, well, 15, $16 a four pack. Mm. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, it's because you're like getting a case of it. You don't have to lie to me, man. You're raging balls. That's hilarious. So that would be one of those beers that like around here at the, at the very fancy beer places where they serve it to you in a little tulip glass. Cause you can't be trusted to have a pint of it. Cause you know, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Now I did pick up, Two six packs of Kilt Lifter when I was in Tucson. Kilt Lifter, okay, all right, four pieces. I, I like Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale. That's very good. Now that I know that, I will make sure that I keep you in steady supply. That's easy to do. <laughs> <Yes. right. laughs> that Kilt like baby from the grocery store here. You and Jeremy are like very sophisticated liquor drinkers. I'm like, give me that bottle. <laughs> what are you talking about? Sophisticated. And girl, liquor. you're gonna I'm like that sprite and bourbon. red wine recipe that I'm gonna send you. 
Steiner Bock is a gateway beer to dark oh. beer. Steiner Bock's good. It is. It is good. But yeah. it, I drank Shiner Bock and it made me, it gave me the gateway to start drinking stouts and a lot darker beer. And I'll tell you one of the worst beers in the world is Michelob Ultra. Oh my God. That's, That's called beer water. That that, is, yeah. yeah. That's near beer. <laughs> near beer. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, the big question that I have for all of you is how is your DIR hangover going? Not great, okay. Bob. First of all, I have decided that we're not using that word anymore. For starters, that word was coined by NCPA, and I refuse to promote anything that they came up with because they're not promoting me or helping me, so I refuse. I so they're out there right now tweeting about like, oh, man, this is so terrible, this hangover. Motherfucker, you helped cause this. What are you uh, talking yeah. about? Exactly. So there's a new coin phrase and we are going to, we're going to make it go. Okay. So it's called Medicare Mageddon. Medicare Mageddon. <laughs> it's my new favorite coin phrase for this. So it sucks. Okay. It sucks. Yeah, it Absolutely sucks. I'm so sorry. I'm so look, sorry. Look, I posted this thing about, you know, the 200 prescriptions that I ran um, yes. compared to ones that were ran a month ago. And I'm like, this is so insane. And so I was like, okay, surely this can't really represent what's going to happen. Oh yeah. And it got worse. You don't even know really what's happening. And I'm like, I was not losing this much money before. I knew for a fact I was not losing this much money before. They're taking it all out up front and supposedly, oh, well, at the end of the quarter, you'll get your check to make it up. No, we fucking won't. Well, we'll get some piddly little thing that based on quote unquote performance and and they're going to act like that. And now it's even harder to figure out how the much we were fucking paid. They've made it yeah. worse. It's all it, worse right now. It's so much worse. So you have the... CBS that comes up and says, oh, we're going to charge you a 34 cents DIR fee. And I'm like, that's bullshit. We know for a fact you're charging more than that, but now they've Mac priced everything. So the reimbursements are just like pennies, yeah. absolute pennies. I'm like, how is this, how is this even possible? And then silver script, terrible, but supposedly silver script is better on the brands, but I quit doing brands because we were losing so much money on it. And I'm like, so now I got to bring friggin' brands back. That's going to be a lovely cash flow landscape. Yeah. I don't know. It's just so frustrating. So I had that DIR fee estimator loaded into my system where it would tell you when you ran the claim through. So you could see essentially, you know, what they were going to pull back. And whenever I compare those claims a month ago to these claims, like they're not even remotely close. Yeah. So they're taking I don't know more what game they're playing than I think they did beforehand as far right. as like total. I think they're taking more and more yes. than they did as far as our net at the end that we didn't even see. I think they're doing that because they're putting more of a cash flow crunch on us because they know people are folding left and right right now. And exactly. once everyone gets that shitty, shitty check at the end of the quarter and just like this ain't getting any better, way more people will fold. So they're so, supposed to be like truing us up at the end of the quarter now? Because I'm direct, so I don't deal with GERBER. That's, that's supposedly what's going on. We're paying out 
the max amount that we're supposed to, and then based on performance, we're supposed to get a check later. We'll see how that goes down. I have no faith in any of that actually like being anything worth a shit. So we'll see. So now they just get to escrow our money even and make even more yes, money off of our money than money. they did before. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So I'd heard, you know, word on the street, at least where I've been is that some of these fees were no longer being called DIR fees. There was this sort of spirit of like, Oh, you know, we're not doing that anymore, but there's in their place are new fees maybe fees you haven't seen before. And I'm wondering if, you know, are you seeing that Brandy? Cause you're talking about like, you weren't losing this much money before. Now I'm no. wondering that example of that. So actually doing generics. So, you know, we've only been doing generics for like the last year and a half and I knew exactly what plans. And to be honest with you, we were doing really, really well. Like I knew what plans, I knew what payers, you know, I had it all figured out and now I, I don't have a clue. So the only thing that comes up, and so I can run a report, the only thing that comes up is CVS with a 34 cent DIR fee, and they call it a DIR fee. And then there's a 75 cent fee on Express Scripts because I took the retired teachers plan because we have a ton of retired teachers in my area, and myself and CVS are the only pharmacies around that are going to serve them, and they hate CVS. So the only thing that comes up is 75 cents. They don't call it a DIR fee. They just call it a fee. And then Humana is supposed to be taking 4%. You don't, you don't get to see what's actually happening. Honestly, I don't know. I'm so lost. And I don't, I have not felt this lost in years. I'm so lost what when I mean? look at what these. What do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. You can take all these huge losses because you are going to make it all up on the front end. When you diversify your revenue stream on your front end selling knickknacks and while you're doing that you gotta yeah. you gotta lean into the clinical stuff you're gonna make twenty dollars on that testing? in two hours on you're gonna make all that money back up you gotta you gotta get with it because this is the way things are gonna go now fucking, fucking. if i wanted to run if i wanted to run a clinic I, I would have invested in a clinic i'm not trying to run a damn clinic yeah. i'm trying to run a pharmacy yep and having to add all this extra crap, I just, it's ridiculous. Even if you and the do, fact that anyone you're not going to make continues, that much money. Yeah. The fact that anyone continues to push this, push this, push this, this is not the solution. The solution is to get our reimbursements where they should be, not add more crap for me to do just to try to make up for the money that we're not being reimbursed fairly. And if when, you notice those people that are pushing all these, uh, extra things to do they're dropping quicker than we are so oh guaranteed tell you guaranteed <laughs> you know or whether you, just... you know it's actually going out of business or you know fucking prison you know they're dropping it's probably been seven or eight years ago that i talked to hoy at the ncpa convention and i said you know why don't you push to get a nadac plus a real professional fee. And he said, oh, they'll just screw it over and you'll end up making nothing. You know, it NADAC is, you know, it is a real cost and you'll only make whatever, a buck or something for a, a professional fee. What are you making now? 25 cents? Zero? 
Negative. I think Nadak a few years ago sounded better than it does now. Now we know with all the different formulas and them being like, oh, well, we'll do this plus this fee, and that's how we'll come up with prices. We know good and well they're just going to game whatever metric they want to. Whatever they calculate as price, they're going to use this or that and their formula in there. They'll game whatever metric they want to. If they want to go Nadak plus this or that, they're going to take Nadak and they'll be like, well, you know what? We're going to do Nadak. And we're going to put a multiplier on there of 0.9 starting off, depending on uh, how your performance is. They're going to fuck us no matter what, because we can't do anything about it. They're not going to make a loss in money. Someone's going to pay for it. And we're not going to get anything extra. We're their competitors. They're not going to make sure we live. They're not. Well, and and that's, that's where I've said that this, Health Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee within the Senate, that's the place that really needs to be detailed really hard because they have the ability to push stuff and get things moving legislative-wise. And it's going to have to come from the legislative side because CMS can't change what's already there. Bush set the thing up back in 2003 when the MMA was passed, and a lot of the stuff, he has tied CMS's hands. And that comes directly from our regional pharmacist that is in uh, Kansas City. So you're going to have to go to the most dysfunctional group on earth, our legislature in D.C., to try and get them to do something. And crap, they can't even figure out what kind of toilet paper to put no. in the bag. I mean, they're trying to do something right now, and it's all like little half measures. They're just like, oh, and then we're going to do this study where we're, we have transparency that comes out in 25 so that we see what's going on. And then they're going to pass that, and they're all going to, fucking get dick houses from jerking each other off so much over passing that neck like they solved the fucking problem. That's what's going to happen. No one's going to well, actually solve anything. We can't count on them to do shit. And it's like, what are we going to do? Because you got all these people out there that are just like, you know, what if you go straight cash and you you go adjacent to the system and uh, you don't do this? Yes, doc, uh, direct primary care doctors, I love you and I love your business model. You all don't know jack fucking shit about pharmacy and how pharmacy works. We have real fucking inventory. We can't like be like, oh no, you're not going to have this new state-of-the-art drug that we don't make money on to our patients. It don't fucking work that way. Get out of my goddamn mentions. Fucking ridiculous. It, well, Speechless. It, to change Medicare, it still has to come from that. And when I last worked, owned a pharmacy, 35% of my business was Medicare. Mine is even more than that. I'm so Medicare heavy and it's a killer. It is such a killer. And it was a moneymaker at one time. Yeah. Not anymore. No. Medicare used to be great too. Then all the NCOs killed that. I could see uh, when, when I last worked, how bad the reimbursements were. You know, the, the lady I worked for finally, she got a different computer system and you can actually see what's going on uh, with QS1, you couldn't see that. And I can look and see, and I I just sit there and silently shake my head going, I don't know how this 
how this all adds up. You know, one of the things, yeah, one of the things that operate so bare you, bones that it's just you and as few techs as you can, and you're ordering inventory as you need it because the cash flow so bad that you pretty much just have to try to make sure you're getting paid for what you're getting before your inventory's up. Like exactly. it's ridiculous. That, so, that's the only you know, thing you can do. Yeah. And then they delay your payments all the time. So what's that fucking matter? So you can't count you know, on anything to come in on time, but of course your inventory payment, you better not fucking delay that. So it's, you know, I mean, it's uh, ridiculous. The other thing that needs to be asked is if, and when you get a chance to, corner your congressman or one of your senators, ask them if they would work for, pick out a figure, 25 cents an hour or 25 cents. Uh, come up with a good a good analogy of what you're getting paid. Or would you work for something where you're guaranteed zero profit and yeah. you might not and even make like your cost? We could put like a gun on it and put DIR on it. And then we approach the lawmakers really quickly, waving the gun. It'll work out really well. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy, that'll work out really well. Look at this DIR fee! <laughs> well, and, and then you could squeeze it and a flag comes out and says, bang. Bang. Yeah. So, so it says, pay me. Give, me. give me all your money. Yeah, the flag, yeah, the flag comes out and says, pay me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not even the worst well, way I went to jail. That might be a good cartoon to come up with. No, that's not a bad hey, idea. There you go. So CMS yeah. did, you know, put that letter out asking or suggesting that the PBMs not charge DIR fees, right? As I, if I remember that correctly, and they that laughed all the way to the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, shucks, guys! Of, Don't you like, go doing so that. Cute. What? <laughs> Yeah, yeah so, they're really going to take care of us. Silly CMS. clueless Aww, shit. Well, what are they going to do? Piss off the people that are going to hire them in a few years? All those CMS right. people go and work for the industry afterwards. They're going right. to piss off their future employer. They're not going to do it. Although, did you see where Tim Wentworth, the new CEO for Walgreens, is he the CEO for Walgreens mm -hmm. that came from Express Scripts? Yep. And now he's complaining about reimbursements. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, oh my Tim, so welcome terrible. to the world. Somebody needs to post that and say, that's the most damn ridiculous thing I have ever heard. He knows damn well what reimbursements are. If he doesn't, maybe that's why he's not CEO of Express Scripts anymore, because he didn't have a clue. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and that's an interesting point because like, oh, sure, use your platform such as it is to complain or why not use your past connections, the friends you surely still have inside of Express Scripts and actually do something about it now <laughs> the pharmacy side. You know, now that you see what's happening and all these people are walking out on the job because they don't want to kill patients because they're exhausted and they you know, or having to process more than a, you'd ask a machine to do, maybe just use what you have available to you, Tim Wentworth, right? That would be an option. Right. You could I like the I pig mean... that just flew behind your unique. Oh, thanks. <laughs> all those higher ups, they all just sit around and they suck up as much money as they can. They're like, oh, well, I'll improve this for shareholders. That's all they care about. And whenever they switch sides or whatever, it's, you know, they'll do what they can. I guess, but 
No one has any loyalty to anyone. It takes a special, like, brain to get to that level. And it takes a lack of character, really, in a lot of ways to get to that level. They battle oh, pretty well. You don't get up to the usher, upper echelons of these companies that cause this much harm without really selling your fucking soul. That's why it's few and far between. We actually get people that come out and say something whenever they were in higher-ups. And usually it's like a major fucking thing that happens to them or they see something that changes their life. Like Wendell Potter, like he was just doing like uh, a lot of their pushing as far as advertising and stuff. And, you know, he drank the Kool-Aid. He kind of believed it. And a lot of them do drink the Kool-Aid. But they do a good job of vetting out the people who once the entire facade's over, they're still going to be on Express Script's side. They're going to be on uh, Caremark's side. They're not going to let those people up there. Right. You know, there's a correlation. Uh, you guys probably have seen this too. There are studies on sociopaths. There's a correlation between people who make it into high-level leadership and make the kind of money that some of these CEOs make and sociopathy. You know, So it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if someone, you know, like the former head of Express Scripts, currently the head of Walgreens or, you know, anyone else from that ilk, you know, just oh, could Karen, you know, Karen. Karen. <laughs> if they just either, you know, and I'm, and I'm not defending them, but just suggesting maybe they, they not only do they not have an interest in empathizing, they can't, they can't, they learn, they didn't get that chip at birth or something. Who knows? Well, so. they're going to start feeling a lot differently when there's actual like blood, that it spilled over it because that will happen eventually because they've put too so, much out of reach. People are getting mad and yeah. I can't say right. that on Twitter. <laughs> well, there was a protest in, uh, <laughs> I think it was, there was a protest in Boston about a low income neighborhood where they're closing a Walgreens and these people aren't going to have any access and they're protesting the closure of this pharmacy and somehow when I'm going, I'm, I'm reading this article and I'm going down this rabbit hole, which I love to do. And I see this interview that Karen Lynch gave where she's talking about everything that Caremark is doing and they're pushing more into the medical side. And, and she says, and so we'll come into your home and we'll be able to look into your refrigerator and make sure you're eating healthy. And I'm like, what? The fuck? What? I didn't see what? that. Oh, welcome yeah. to the United States. They, and Mark's not coming in my house at all. Yeah, I'll kick so, their ass all the way back up to my electric gate. And right. maybe I'll just throw them over the damn or wire. Right. I mean, I was watching this interview and I'm like, oh my gosh. Something about like Oakmont. They're, they're pushing us so hard right now to uh -huh. try to get us out. We're some of the only yeah. people calling this out anymore. Like right. half of the doctors are owned at this point. Like, They've only got so much left to conquer before there's no one that's actually going to say anything anymore. So this is their push for the year. They're pushing into the medical side. They're going to bring people into their minute clinics, and then they're going to push them to their, is it, was it called Oakmont, that uh, med medical provider that they took over? Oak Street. That, uh, Oak Street, that's it. Yep. So then they can refer their patients to their Oak Street clinics, and then... They can do home visits and make sure they're eating nutritional food and they're taking their vitamins and that they're, oh, and she even went so far as saying, and we can walk around your house and make sure that you don't have a rug on the ground that you might trip on. Yeah. I was like, and then oh. while you're doing that, all you got to do is give us your social security check. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. It's, 
Yeah. Oh, exactly. and the guy even came out and he goes, well, so, you know, can you commit to me that, you know, you're talking about how you, you want patients to be healthier and, and you want to work on, you know, obesity. So can you commit to me that, you know, you'll take the cheese balls away from the checkout counter in your CVS store? <laughs> <laughs> They patted themselves on the back about, you know, taking cigarettes out, but the yes, they, and the crap yeah. that they sell is nowhere near healthy. But actually, so I was thinking about something that you just said, and there, there's a, a chance that what they're trying to do might spectacularly fail based on the following obscure fun fact, which is that one of the little things known about the World Trade Centers before they fell in terrible tragedy in 2001 was that they were actually a failure. They had been built in the, I think I want to say early 70s, but the idea behind them was they were going to be these self-contained communities. They were going to have homes and businesses and grocery stores and entertainment centers. And, and the, the idea was it would be completely self-contained. You could just do everything in these towers. And what they discovered was that people didn't want that. People wanted to be outside. They wanted to walk on the streets. They wanted, you know, street life, right? So the when the towers fell, which was horrible, and all the tragedy that came with that, but he's going to make sure that, that we know, we know <laughs> that she thinks it's terrible what she's about to say. It's I don't want to like shamelessly <laughs> exploit what happened, but it just pointed to a, an interesting failure of the original concept, right? This all self-contained concept. And people don't really talk about that because of the other side of that story. But when you look at like a self-contained system, people don't really like that. They don't like right. this whole idea that someone would walk into your house and be like, hi, I'm here to care for you, Brandy. Oh, look at what you've got in the refrigerator, love. Oh, we think they you don't need have to lock diet, it. Diet, so we're going to throw the shareholders out. Shareholders have in. to lock it. Yeah, that's it. This is exactly like on Succession. Whenever he was uh, promising, like, "Oh, well, we have our own communities here based on uh, RIPs and everything else, and maybe we'll work on immortality." That's exactly what this fucking is. Right. Well, oh, maybe you come live in our communities, and maybe we'll get you access to cutting edge drugs, and maybe some transplant for our new. Uh, pig uh organ unit we're or gonna do that here in our retirement that. homes yeah maybe guarantee is gonna try that. maybe it, it's about it's taking you to a logan roy shit. life and then being like okay you've lived long enough so it's time bye-bye yeah it kind of yeah. goes back to my original zigzag principle you've got one or two giant companies that are running everything and that's what they're moving to in healthcare. And everybody is dumb enough to go, well, we don't want the government in our health care. Yeah. We don't want a single payer system. But at the same time, that's what we're going to. You're going to have a single or maybe two payers that are in the private sector and you lost all your control. And you don't have a lot of control with the government. Don't get me wrong. But at least you got a vote at this moment in time. Right. Now, right. depending on how everything goes, you might not have that in the future. But well, if as, they're able to get rid of all the independents, yes, then no one they can, can call just, them out. They, 
they can just slowly weed it all out. And then they've all basically worked within that same system for one of the top three. I mean, they could just be like little alien plants, you know? They're like, okay. We're some of the only people that can actually see the data. Like some of it. That's why they try to obscure it so much from us even now. We're the only people that can see some of these reimbursements and how it's working. And that's why we're screaming so much. Think the dots care about most of this shit? They're only now getting involved because it's actually affected their bottom line as much. We have to, like, we're actually there running these things through on adjudication and seeing it constantly. We're the ones that they're after right now for a reason. Right, right. And And when I hear things like, oh, well, this happened to primary care physicians however many years ago, I'm like, bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Pharmacy has been at the forefront of everything in all my career. I started in 77 and I was at the very beginning of when the federal government created a MAC list and then saw the advent of the personal computer, which then allowed adjudication of claims online and everything has went downhill since then. You can't explain to other healthcare providers how our system even works and that, you know, realistically, we shouldn't be waiting even 14 days to get paid. We should be paid within 48 hours of a claim. It's it's not impossible. It's not impossible to do. You know, like every time I hear, oh, well, we can't implement this now. We have to change all of our systems, this, that, and the other. I'm like, such crap. That is such crap. Five check boxes and it's good to go. And I, I sat down... Oh, within the last four or five months with the CEO of a fairly qualified health center where I used to live at, and I was on the board of directors of that, and I sat down and tried to explain to him and two ladies that worked in his billing area how they need to be working at getting claims in real time. And what come down to, well, the doctors can't do it. And I'm going, what? The doctors can't do it? Man, there's a problem here. Kick them in the butt and get them doing what they're supposed to do. Hell, they have medical assistance and get them a scribe. The scribe, they can look at them and say, bill for X, Y, Z, and send it. And when people walk out, they should be able to pay for it. They ought to make it up by selling knickknacks at the register. Yep, that's right. Okay, sell more toothpaste. <laughs> sell more knickknacks, goddammit. So we're in the last few minutes before we close out our happy hour. Well, <laughs> can I just give a, I, I have to give a really quick shout out. And if you haven't seen it, you've got to go look at Arthritis Centers of St. Louis and Dr. Bach and what he is doing about prior authorizations. It's fantastic. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, this is so awesome. This is great. It'll never work, but I'll love it. Okay. All right. I'll check that out. We'll check that out. All right. So it's January. It's 2024. In many ways, it's Groundhog Day. We'll be doing this thing again for Groundhog Day. But in the meantime, what are you guys looking forward to in 2024? What is the best possible thing that could happen, all things considered, for this year? 
survive it. Total <laughs> health care reform. Targeted arson. <laughs> <laughs> Not from me. Any specific social media accounts. Not for any from me. And my Twitter list. account did not say it either. <laughs> <laughs> They're not giving up where that came from. I I think, you know, there's so much to be said about the work that that pharmacy, the profession has done. But in particular, I just want to say something about PUT and the work we've done. 2024 and 2016, nobody knew what a PBM was. In 2024, my Arizona uh, Congressman Ruben Gallego just announced he's submitting a packet of PBM reform bills. Nice. Yes. Nice. That's taking so us awesome. kind of take us into the mid 40s in terms of bills for PBM. So I'm optimistic. And I also think that we have to go where the market is. And we have to start talking to the people who buy the benefits because I, I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that now that the conversation's been out there, buyers want to know. They want to know, are they really getting the best deal or are they getting cut out? And I think that, you know, to the points all of you have made, you know, we are the people to say that. So I think with that, cheers. 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 I'm your God. <laughs> <laughs> To learn more about Pharmacists United for Truth and Transparency and how you can help fight PBM abuse of our healthcare system, visit our website at truthrx.org.